Coast. You're listening to WNCP Marquette, home of the North Coast Post podcast. North Coast Post. All right, episode four is upon us. I'd like to welcome John Spigarelli, Director of Marketing at Elegant Seagulls, to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks. It's uh, great to be here. I have a title change. Oh. I'm no longer the director of marketing. Oh, really? I have advanced. <laughs> I am <laughs> now the executive producer. Wow. Ooh, I like you that. You know what that means? The, I just do everything. Yeah. Mostly answer the phone. <laughs> I don't do any real work. There's a fine line between EP and coordinator. That's correct. And I'm <laughs> kind of pretty much in the middle. Right, right on. <laughs> I have answered uh, exi- that title throughout my broadcast career. All my bosses were EPs, and some some better than others. But a lot of it boils down to it is a lot of responsibility. If the product sucks, it's your fault. Yeah, you play that middleman so much, and you're playing the middleman between your client base and then also your team, mm-hmm. and trying to find that happy ground where where the where the work is phenomenal and the output makes the client happy. Yeah, it's it feels great when it goes well and. Frankly, most of the time it does go well. Thankfully, well, you seem to have a pretty solid team. Oh, they're they're great. They're it's a fantastic squad there. Yeah, um, it, it's it, it continues to grow, and we keep finding these really dynamic and interesting people to to join the team. It makes going to work and interacting with them um, such a joy. Yeah, cool. And you're right smack downtown in uh, Marquette, and uh, we had a chance to talk a little bit about the. Uh, kind of shift that we're, we're witnessing here in uh, in this fluctuating economy from industrial to higher tech, design-savvy business. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and in, in from from my previous history, you know, coming to, to Marquette from an Upper Peninsula community, from Iron Mountain, um, in the mid-90s, and, and seeing the growth and the progress and working in the retail industry locally and then internationally um, at, at Getz's, um, Seeing the the progression of business development, of tourism, of all of these pieces that are coming together and making Marquette a really extra special place. I think it was always a, a, a incredible location with, sure. with with the best people in the world. I mean, I, I'll be biased and say it's just awesome being being here, living here. Sure. But seeing the growth of of the economy and and how things are are balancing itself out, it, it's it's. It's as an observer, it's really fun to watch. Well, and um, I think the advent of the smart zone has been a big, uh, I don't know, illustration of of that uh, progress. We had um, an event in NMU, I guess, a week or two, where uh, the governor skyped in uh, and shared some thoughts with the community. Let's hear from him for a second. What you're doing is awesome, and the opportunity that you have in front of you is incredible. So please. Be fired up and stay fired up and keep moving forward. Um, this is an area of great passion for me as governor. Uh, many of you know that. But you also, many of you know that I spent much of my career um, doing startups, doing economic development in this space prior to becoming governor. Um, so it's something I am truly passionate about. He came at us with a bucket list kind of of five uh, opportunities Um Buckets of opportunities, I think, is what he called them. Um, and one, he said, access to technology and skills. Do you see a lot of momentum here in that regard? Yeah, the momentum is is definitely gathering. Yeah, I look back and, and think from a skills and technology and peer group perspective in two thousand and. 
2003 and 2004 and 2005, and I was sitting in at in the office at Getz's and looking around the community and saying to myself, who who is the peer group here? Who can I go to? And Dave Olala, now uh, with Inventa NMU, mm-hmm. was kind of in full swing with Vio, and he was a, a really crucial kind of a mentor to me in being able to bounce ideas and just a progressive thought leader in that space. But I had to travel and reach out across the web and, and kind of throughout the, the Midwest to, to find a peer group that understood some of the business constraints that we were going, that we were facing um, in that industry. And, hmm. and, and looking, it's weird to say this because 2004, we're talking 12 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, it the change is incredible. The amount of remote workers, the amount of other um, organizations that have, have uh, a foundation elsewhere, but people are working for Marquette. This community is growing and changing, and seeing the smart zone coming to fruition, and Marquette seeing the value and and what's grown in Houghton and the potential of what can happen here. I, I'm I'm exuberantly optimistic about what's going to happen as this becomes more of a reality for everyone. Well, with me stepping into the scene just this year, I didn't have to go through that same like search that you did. It didn't take long for like-minded people to kind of cross paths, and the conversation is already going, and the and that group is already established thanks to you know people like you initiating it uh, with Dave and and those pioneers twelve years ago. It I see this this community of of people growing and the allure of like-minded people to relocate like yourself, come back or move here and create businesses and bring new thoughts, new ideas, new perspectives Mm -hmm. and melding as a whole. The sky really is the limit in this community. And the second on his bucket list was, was talent. And we have a great resource with NMU um, and uh, yes, there's a lot of creatives that come out of there. Also, something that is, I guess, according to the Governor Snyder, a need is the business development talent, like the future CEOs and the people to take these ideas into a business model. Um, What's the local talent pool assessment? As always, I think the the talent pool, we'd love to see a tremendous amount of talent available. I think the hardest piece is getting people to want to stay here. Um, The climate for a lot of people is not very um, enticing. Um, but for some people, it makes sense. Looking at NMU and the output of what they have from creatives to marketers to to developers to the leadership um, and, and training piece that they bring to the table, there's a ton of opportunity to keep people. Um, I always felt kind of through my entire career that I missed out on a lot of gold mines of people because I wasn't aware of the talent that was available because I was kind of insulated and building and growing and as you I was had blinders on a bit and when you find these these people that are exceptional you want to hold on to them and I think that's the the pieces trying to make sure that they see if they give up some some short-term gains for some real long-term they being Monies, the, the score, the the the, the, the students, oh, the students. Um, yeah, absolutely. If these students see that, you know, yeah, I, you could run to Los Angeles oh, and yeah. make four times the amount of money on paper, right? Or you could work here, work hard, and develop something of your own. It may not be as lucrative or as or as exciting as living right. in that community, but to be able to bring something to the table and have a lifestyle that is way different than what other people are accustomed to. How do you like your commute now? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, I had to go, though, try it before I appreciated that, that everything I'd been inspiring to my whole life was not what I really wanted. But until you get to taste it, you, you just don't know. Yeah, it's interesting thinking and hearing that perspective. And that was my, when I made my decision to leave Getz's after 15 years, was that same, like, am I on the path I want to be on? Or do I want to try to do something different? Um, kind of change my perspective, teach myself how to rework, immerse myself in, in, in an industry that I was on the fringe of from the design perspective, but really more from the, I was way more integrated in the marketing and the retail side of it. And, and taking that step, I mean, that's a quite a leap yeah. of faith. Right. And uh, what was the tipping point when you're like, I'm taking the leap? What was the deciding factor? Oh, there were a few different ones. Um, the the my biggest issue is that I love the people that I worked with. Yeah, I still love them. You know what I mean? Like I don't think there's any that 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 was never an issue. I think it was the point where I realized for my career that I can't take what I've done any further, and and for the, me to be able to take that step and learn a little bit of a different skill set and kind of develop that p- piece that was uh that was that was the tipping point for okay. me. So it wasn't a super tough decision. Well, it was it was it was a tough decision because after 15 years you feel really committed yeah. and, and to credit to to credit Rock and, and Richard, they were very um they allowed me to treat that business like it was my own. Okay. But the fact of the matter is that business isn't my own. <laughs> so I had to make that that shift in 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 you know from from trying to figure out what that looks like for the future for me. It's a it was a good it was a good move. Yeah. Um, I miss I miss retail. Do you? I have to admit I miss um, for as much e-commerce um, and day to day in and out sitting at a desk sitting in front of a computer the environment of a retail store. Yeah. Um, is. I mean, we jokingly used to say it was like working in a sitcom because it was really like working in a sitcom. If Bravo ever needed a reality program, oh man, Getz's is the prime example of like <laughs> what that could be because yeah. you've got great people, great characters. You've got this beautiful old building, predictability, and, and you can't you can't even believe what's happening in right. this hundred and fifty year old building. Um, so, and then all the people in and out, the the customers. I mean, I you know those are the pieces I miss. You know, the change of the way we work today. Like I spend a lot of time speaking to my clients on Skype yeah, or Google Hangouts. Like the yeah. face-to-face piece of it is there's a big di- there's a big disconnect, even though video chat's helpful, the disconnect of not being able to sit five feet away sure. from each other like we are right now. Like there, there's a, you miss that. You do. That's one, one kind of fun thing about maintaining the Superior Productions uh, facade on the street, Third Street here that has been here forever apparently is people, we didn't change the signage, anything. Mm-hmm. People just come in, in like it has been here forever. And yeah, those walk-ins might might shake up your your focus if you're working on some big client project. But you know what? Maybe you need need a break from time to time. And it, it, I don't know. It is humbling, and it's also f- fun and interesting to see the people that choose to walk in. I feel like if you if you're purchasing an, a, a legacy business in Marquette, there's this bit of responsibility you have and you feel it i'm sure you feel the smile on your face right now is showing that that's the but you have this level of responsibility to kind of help perpetuate those pieces and i think that's a beautiful thing about this community and not just marquette but ishpeming Mar- um you know munising sure. all the areas around nagani there are many great family-owned businesses or, or or heritage businesses that are being passed on and you see a lot of the positivity but i look at that as a tremendous opportunity for the 25 to 35 year old demographic in this town right now there's tons of legacy businesses that 
may or may not have a succession plan. Mm-hmm. So what are the opportunities for these for these businesses to to progress or or, or allow their businesses to continue? Yeah. When they want to retire, I mean, right. it's just, it's just there's tons of opportunity that could be handled. It's just up to everyone's imagination as to how to take these businesses and grow them and change them and morph them, but keep kind of that heritagey story told. Yeah, piece like of there's it. a cobbler two doors down that way. Yeah. Maybe some Louis. shoe designer wants to, you know, take it over when he's ready to hang it up, or who knows? Mm-hmm. It, the possibilities to they're endless, really. Do you feel, um, and just with your kind of national reach, this? Um, Oh, and I missed it the other night. There was a there was a program on the Inspiration Network um, called Makers, hmm. and they were they were profiling people who are artisan craftsmen throughout the nation, and the things they're doing with their hands in old manners, but also reviving oh, kind wow. of the skill set. And I see like Louis is a good example of someone who has a has a skill set that. Most, and I don't know the full backstory, but most likely it was passed down through the family sure. and kind of perpetuating that. It's still a piece of society and people need these things. And I feel people are moving back toward more of this artisan, homegrown. I mean, look at the craft beer industry. Yes. It's incredible to see that, you know, how that industry has exploded. Yeah. And to be able to walk out on my, my sidewalk and smell the hops and guess what batch they have brewing next door at Black Rocks. It's a it's an interesting feeling. Um, I want to touch on the other things uh, quickly, too, is uh, capital is, I think, the number third on his bucket list. Uh, the resources, the venture capital. Uh, are you seeing an abundance of that? And, but I, and I also want to talk about bootstrapping. A lot of people don't even need it. Sure, I'm fairly disconnected from the from the the angel investing slash venture capital piece of 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 the the area at this point in time. Um, being involved with with businesses that are readily established um, through my history and my career, I'm oh, yeah. pretty disconnected from it. But from what my understanding is, it's available. Things are becoming more available. the The flow is flowing, so to sure. speak. Um, and and with the right ideas and the right plans, there's backing available. And I think that that's a and local backing. I think that that's the nice pieces. There's there's state and national level backing, um, but there there are organizations that are local that um, that have the ability to help people get a project or 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 um, business off the ground. And I've seen some really cool, successful. Uh Kickstarter campaigns come and go since I've been here, and and they're working for folks. That's changed the way people finance businesses. It's amazing. And he also talked about the infrastructure, not just the bricks and mortars, but the other resources. Uh, There's a solid network of attorneys and um, tax folks and, and people here to collaborate with. You know, you don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah, the I think the the local resources are extremely good. Yeah. Uh, I I just think about um, from a financial management perspective, an organization like Grand Chat McBride Profit um, and Walner and Walner, like that organization and their oh, astuteness yeah. of what they bring to the table from um, accounting controls and consulting, and I mean they're some of the nation's best at what they do, and they're here. Wow. They're a 10-minute drive. Like, those opportunities are here. And seeing what's available and seeing the level and the quality of the people that are coming to the area, but also the people that are here and cultivating those skill sets, it's it's really good to see. And it really drops the barriers significantly. And when you have those really high-end firms here, there's also the trickle-down effect. There's other maybe aspiring accountants that you can work with less expensively, but it's still... A, a culture of quality. Yes, I, yeah, I think that 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 great begets 
good in that yeah. situation and it kind of perpetuates that knowledge base and, and continues to push everyone to be extremely good and the uh the other thing that governor snyder mentioned was the culture of success and that is something i almost picked up on immediately when i visited here for the first time in 2011 uh it's it seems that seems to be quite prevalent here i think it's an underlying piece of the community as a whole whether you're from here or you live here for a brief period of time or if you're just passing and you see this happening it's this really strong midwestern work ethic but there's a modestness with it as well which i think sometimes is detrimental i think that the modest midwesterner sometimes doesn't have a lot a lot a loud enough voice or a large enough voice in, in the time of kanye west yeah, yes <laughs> yes i think he's broke i'm not oh, sure yeah, i okay. don't know i'm don't, not don't sure use him as a model then. i will no one will use him as a model for now i think right uh but seeing but seeing that and and understanding um understanding what that looks like is 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 a is very good yeah, the the humility, the confident humility is actually a really strong strong trait. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think that it's the I look at even the sheer amount of if you just look and not trying to to convert a business or an overall like life concept into a, a sporting event, but you think about the competitive nature of all the cyclists here and all of the athletes and the level they hold themselves yeah, to Olympic training site. Well I just you see like and everyday people that, you know, I have I have friends that what are you doing this weekend? They're going to go run a 50 miler on a Saturday morning as a warm up run. Yeah. Like, and there's groups, and I think you and I know a lot of folks that they they hold themselves to this very high level of personal accountability, which trickles right into how they work. Mm -hmm. And and I think that again, kind of thinking about how that's infectious, the pressure is on for people in the in, in that are competing in this community to hold themselves to this level of and not like. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, I know. but um, so he's a he's an entrepreneur from New York, and he's he's always pushes this the, his mindset about this hustle, and probably guy probably doesn't have to ever work again, but he's working 18 hours a day. Why he loves it, yeah. but he's also so competitive, and I think that that same mindset carries through to a lot of the people we see and deal with on a daily basis here. There's in in a lot of cases there's. There's no replacement for a ton of, I'm going to grind it out hard work. Yes, you can work smarter, but I think people are just willing to really get at it and and wear it out and work super hard to make things powerful and strong. Other, you know, look at businesses across the, the, the county and see the success of some of these businesses. Like It's incredible to see that much success in one area. Yeah, and work ethic is probably at, at the... The backbone of that. Yeah, think about the mentor opportunities. I mean, there these these are these organizations have leaders within them that are incredible mentors, whether they know it or not, um, and just from their actions and how they present themselves and how they work and what they put put out. I you know I look at you know there's a ton of people that I look at. I'm like, man, I still have a long way to go to even come close to scratching their level of their hustle and professionalism and their ability to work hard and smart and and build great teams. Like, yeah. there's a ton of good examples that we as as people kind of building businesses and growing in this community can follow yeah and especially the that 40 below crowd whose generation uh isn't exactly synonymous with with that same work ethic as, as the people we looked up to as we've come up being the inaugural inaugural is that the right i was the original president of 40 below oh were you yep and uh and growing in that group and seeing that group kind of grow from 
from the infancy of what it was to what it is today, and it's taken gigantic leaps in the past few years, probably because I was out of the way. Um, no, no, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Amazing what happens when he gets out of the way. She shut up for five minutes. No, um, seeing that and, and seeing the power of that group and how they're being able, that, that demographic is being able to interact with each other, but then also being able to interact up and down from age brackets. You know, I think about what that looks like and the, the power of those pieces coming together. That organization, um, and I'm not just saying it because I, I was heavily involved. Is there's there's a lot of value in that organization long term, not just for the people involved as a at a membership level, but for businesses and retention and growth and connecting people. I was surprised when we first started getting that off the ground. How many people were in this community that were in that demographic that I had no idea they existed hmm. and had no idea I existed because guess what? <laughs> I was locked away 12 or 14 hours a day in a building on Front Street. Right. You know. So it's very hard to kind of make those connections, and it's a it's a nice. Piece putting together those networking opportunities and those relationships that come into play all the time some of you know some of my best friends I I I I cultivated those friendships wow. through 40 Blow, but also great business contacts, knowledge contacts. Like it just kind of comes together as a whole and really turns into a, a pretty powerful uh, tool. That's so cool. Um another really uh unique organization here is the Marquette Chamber of Commerce in the fact that it's a new most chambers go back way be before us even and it has a is a kind of a new chambered model going and it it's got it's got a really um, interesting momentum behind it. Sure. Um, when when I was initially approached um, to join the chamber board, um, I was I thought, oh, another another volunteer opportunity that I probably don't have time for, but I really need to do. Um, and seeing that they were interested in filling gaps where services were lacking and being a connector. I mean, thinking about kind of that organization is trying to be the point guard on the team, right? Passing yeah. the ball where appropriate um, and facilitating every other organization locally that's here on the ground successful, doing things great, kind of facilitating and helping uplift those organizations as well, while also giving a voice to small businesses. I think that that was a, a pretty interesting opportunity in seeing the growth of that. I feel um, a lot of the same um, growing, not pains, but growing pieces um, that the 40 Below organization went through mm -hmm. is kind of the same thing happening now, a bit with the chamber because sorting through a lot of operational pieces of mm -hmm. creating how the, we're governing through policy governance and how does that operate and how does that benefit uh, members slash clients and, mm -hmm. and how does it benefit the people inside? How does it hold the board accountable? Things like that. So it's a very, I, I get pretty interested in some of those operational pieces. I mean, I nerd out on it a little <laughs> bit too much, but it's kind of interesting seeing that and hearing everyone's opinion. But again, another great connecting organization that's bringing large and small business together and connecting people across the, the community. Yeah, and its identity is still coming to be. Like you saw 40 Below from its infancy, it probably took a while to really identify. Yeah, it takes that and it's, it's all, I feel like thinking back, it's energy. And it's the extra energy that the volunteers have and then the people involved have that they can put in and pour into it. A little bit of heart, a little bit of love, a little kind, cash. Of, kind of a little bit of cash, putting all this together and trying to keep um, the momentum rolling. You know, and I, I see the as interesting what and this is my perspective on how 40 below has grown significantly. Um there were some stalling points because, frankly, the board was very burned out, and then the product was not the best. So the membership was like, "Eh, 
is this really a value to me? So trying to reinvent that and reinvigorate that and think that fresh personalities, fresh ideas, new board members, new volunteers, new committee members, those type of things are so important. I'm seeing, um, I'm sure that all organizations go through some of those growing pains, but uh, you know, hopefully we can take some steps to ensure that the chamber has a really strong growth rate. Um, and continues to grow positively without any dips, yeah. but then it also to maintain that freshness yes. even after its first, second, third, fifth yeah, year. Absolutely, and continue to show value. You know, what's the value, and how do, how how is that organization going to bring value long term to businesses and members that are involved? Right on. Thank you for being here. Thank you, BJ. This is awesome. I'm, I'm, it's phenomenal. And welcome to the community. I'm so glad you guys are here. This is what you're doing is phenomenal here. So thanks for helping grow this community as well. Absolutely. My pleasure. It's a wonderful place to be. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Travis Swanson and his jazz trio crammed in this little studio here. We're going to make some music. So uh, some, some arts and culture on the way. Um, for John Spigarelli, this is BJ signing out for now. Good day. North